The big reason I did want to get you on, Kaylin, is because you're only, oh, you'd be about a year older than me, I think, or yep. maybe a little bit less. Um, and you are a qualified life coach over there in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's something that I definitely want to get into, but I've always had this apprehension because of my age. I'm sort of like, oh, mm. you know, I'm 25 or 26 now. Um, you know, who's going to want to listen to a 26 year old, especially if they are 40, 50, 60, and they've done all these different things. Um, is that a problem that you've had as well doing what you do or? Yeah. So I think it definitely comes down to the person. Um, so I definitely think that there are going to be some people who aren't going to want to work with you because of that. And it's something that you just kind of have to accept, but at the same time, there are ways to kind of position yourself because we've all been through different things um, and we all have different experiences and you're going to have some level of knowledge in an area that someone who's even in their eighties or nineties never got that information. Like they just didn't go through. So with life coaching, you're kind of helping people through whatever phase it is that they're facing at the time. And regardless of your age, if you face that sort of phase or something similar and, and can relate to that, and it's their first time, like your knowledge kind of trumps your age. Um, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Cause like you said, we're all going to have different experiences, I suppose. And, and what we're going through, we're going through a completely different generation to what someone went through 40 years ago, you know? Um, yeah. And, and it might relate to life in some sort of facets. And there might be things obviously that, you know, they're not going to want to hear about. Um, but yeah, I, I think it would, come just down to like open-mindedness hey how willing Mm -hmm. someone is to listen to what someone has to say i don't think that's an age issue but i do find like a lot of the older crowd will be like oh this you know millennial wants to teach me how to live like what does he know he hasn't even been here for like (laughs) half the time i've been here it's like well you know i know a few things to be fair those aren't the people you want to be working with anyways because for someone to be coachable they have to really take on humility and to want to learn and if someone's in that mind space where they don't want it like as a coach you can't really you can't help them you can only help those who want to be helped Mm. so if they've got that mindset of oh like I don't need to learn because you're younger than me they're going to be missing out anyway like you just you don't want to be working with those type of people because they're not yeah for sure that they're not going to hear it's even like um rings true for like even sports and like i know i did martial arts for a bit there and like you have to go in that mindset of like okay like the student mindset i suppose of i'm here to learn teach me mm-hmm. what you can and not being like you know your ego comes into play oh you know i know what i'm doing here because those type of people it's like well you're not gonna listen to what i'm saying anyway really are you mm-hmm. and especially like and it's the same with life too, but like with martial arts and that, it's like if you get someone who knows what they're doing, usually they're using the same techniques and the same stance. So all you have to do is watch long enough and then you can come in and kind of like flip things up for them and all of a sudden like they're flat on the ground and you've kind of won. Um, mm. So with life too, if you have that mentality as, oh, I know what I'm doing, well, you're in the same routine. And if something new comes along, like especially right now with Corona being something so different than what most people have been facing in that, yeah, something new comes along and your basic routines that you've been using are suddenly not going to work. And that's when so a lot of people like be... panic, hey, and be like, oh my God, like this, this new way of living's happened. Like how do I cope with this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And it, that can be through like a lot of things, right? Like it, right now, obviously, Corona is the most evident um, example that we have. But say a 
couple going through divorce in like their mid forties, like that's a new phase of life for them. Um, and like, I don't know, like, um, someone who loses their, their child or like a death in the family, that's a whole different, like they've never experienced that. So it's something completely mm. different. And where has like, um, so I know you're single. So like a couple going through divorce might be someone that you could actually coach really well because like you've, you know how to live single, whereas they've been with someone for so many years yeah. that they don't know how to be on their own anymore. And it, it seems like odd, but it's actually one of those things where your youth actually comes into play really well um it's actually a strength yeah yeah because that was going to yeah. be my question is like have you ever had to coach someone or do you focus on areas that that like that for like the example you said for me personally i've never been divorced so for me to to coach someone through a divorce but like hypothetically i, I definitely agree with what you're saying but on the other side of it is sort of like well i haven't actually been through this so how do i teach what i haven't been through yeah know? And I think it depends where they are, right? Because if they're going fresh through a divorce, you can't really walk them through that process necessarily, or you might be able to, depending on like reading the right literature and stuff and educating yourself on how mm-hmm. to how to walk through that. But if they're at the point where they're like, hey, I'm kind of over it, but now I'm living like this single phase. So it's kind of like that different. And with coaching too, uh, one of the main things is you'll walk with clients for a season and then some of them will come back and with new goals and that, but it's, it'll just be that season. So with coaching, one of the things that's big in the coaching community is to refer to each other because when they get to that next phase, you might not be able to help them with that. But this other coach over here has gone through something similar and is really good in that area. Um, But back to like the literature piece too, and educating yourself. Like one of the things that I've got the best feedback with is actually marriage coaching. And I've never been married. Um, I've, I've been in one relationship. It was like a year and a half. So it was, it wasn't like a short relationship by any means, but, um, I growing up kind of what brought me to that point, I guess, was my parents went through divorce. So as a teenager, it was something that I had this like obsessive fear that I didn't want to experience it. Mm. So I spent hours like reading marriage material books and like relationship books and, and, and obviously like those things, were really helpful in the sense of like relationships are relationships whether it's marriage or kids or like relationship dynamics are yeah yeah exactly so um just educating yourself on different areas can be really helpful because I know like when I first got into the space like I didn't really advertise like oh I can do marriage coaching because I thought like I I don't have experience in that but then I had Mm. people who had kind of a couple different things going on in their life and came in um has couples because of those other things that initially brought them in to be working with me. And it turns out that I'm, I'm actually just good at marriage coaching because of all the education that I gave myself in that area. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's kind of like it, you don't necessarily have to have your own experience either, but to just have, again, that student mindset, because as much as you want your clients to have it, you also need to have it as well. And it's kind of just like staying one step ahead of your clients. So if somebody comes in with, um, say they're adjusting to a new job and that's not something that you've really had in your life or whatnot where it's it's not like it's a second career or something and like Mm -hmm. we're kind of young so we're working on our first careers type of thing Uh, but someone in in their 40s is like oh well I had to switch careers and I don't know how to adjust you've never been there but you can like start educating yourself and just staying that one step ahead of where they're at in order to give them those tools yeah that makes sense have you um have you ever had uh 
a client where they've, they've been through some, I suppose if you've done like marriage counseling, like you said, you haven't been married, but do you find it's easier to coach someone on something you have been through or is it easier to coach them on something they haven't been through because you don't attach your own sort of, Oh, you know, when it, when it happened to me, this is what I thought about it rather than like mm-hmm. just the literature and stuff that you've got like the black and white. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And I think it really depends on who the individual is that you're working with um, and also how much I've worked through that stuff that I've been through, right? Because there's some stuff that um, if I've worked through it, I might not be like projecting on them or whatnot. And there are times where it's like you have to be a little bit more mindful of, oh, am I just projecting kind of my response to what they're going through because it triggers what I went through type of thing. Um, But sometimes that can actually be a little more it it offers you a different insight um if it's someone who deals with things and has a similar personality style to how they work through things has me so i had one client who um i had been through some similar stuff and i obviously can't share for confidentiality yeah, reasons yeah. but um but yeah so she had a very um type a personality which i kind of sometimes have where it's like sit down get things done Mm -hmm. um so in order for me to kind of design her homework packages and like what to do between sessions and that it was actually based on a lot of well what do i need and like because i was still kind of working with pieces of that so i kind of got to do some self-coaching too through that which was really fun that's what we could talk yeah yeah, and but the main thing is you you really don't want to be projecting on clients. So it was like that I did have to prior to meetings and like afterwards going through notes make sure that I was like, well, I can't be projecting and that but sometimes like if you word it right with with clients so with coaching it's really question based. You always want to be asking things whereas with counseling there's a little bit more guidance sometimes. So that's one okay. of the differences because a lot of people ask the differences between counseling and coaching. Mm. And with coaching there's less directed guidance as to like, oh, well, I think this might be going on. What do you think? It's more like, well, what about this? And then letting them fill in that gap and okay. using like questions to get there. Um, so sometimes with coaching, when you have been through something similar or you are still kind of dealing with those pieces, it can make something that they say can make you realize something like how you've been processing something. And it can really help spark what kind of question to ask them because they might actually be processing it the same way. And if not, Mm -hmm. they'll be able to tell you not. Um, But the way that you frame the questions and that it can actually kind of help provide some extra guidance as to maybe where you should be looking deeper into that um, you wouldn't elsewise think to. Yeah. It's like you're sort of coaching yourself in the process of like Mm -hmm. sort of seeing them going through and going, Oh, yep. That, that happened to me as well. Like, and then, like you said, what about this way? You know, not, not actually saying, uh, this is the way I did it, but saying, would you, what do you think about going about it this way? Um, Mm -hmm. which I I guess it's, it sounds like it's really tied into mindfulness too. And a lot of the things I've read says that it it is a big part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. not just for like, you know, self-awareness, but like the ability to pick up on sort of what the client is going through, like either through words they're using or nonverbal language or, yes stuff like that so it is Mm -hmm. it does sound very very similar to counseling is there any like other big differences that you've found between coaching counseling because i know you got a bit like you you did a bit of experience with um psychology and that as well at uni 
Yeah, so um, I've, I'm obviously like I'm not certified to counsel at all. So, um, but I do have like a little bit of training and background in terms of uh, psychology and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I would say is a main difference is the goal in counseling is to kind of get them to a place where they don't need counseling. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's kind of like the goal. Well, with coaching, the goal is to train them to be their own coach because you're always going to need coaching mm -hmm. in life, no right. matter where you're at. So you're yeah, kind of point. training them how to coach themselves, uh, which is interesting and, and a lot of fun. And some clients are more in tune with that, I guess, than others, like some, some kind of need. Um, I don't know how to say this, like, not that it's bad. It's a personality thing, I think. So some need that extra accountability. So once they hit their goal, they'll keep coming back to you with different goals and they'll keep coming for coaching. And then yep. other ones, once they've kind of been through that process, they're like, oh, well, I know how to apply this now in other areas and other goals. So I don't really need you as a coach anymore because I can do things a little bit on my own and kind of self-coach. Yep. And a lot of my clients that I've worked with have actually come back to me not because they can't do that, but because they want the rigid discipline of meeting every so often and and knowing that they have to have things accomplished by that point because they'll yeah, let it slide yeah. if they don't um but it gets like in a sense easier to coach them because you're more just kind of there um to for them to talk through that self-coaching and explain it to you as to what they've done between sessions versus when they're first there kind of training them how to be that coach for themselves um and obviously like everybody has different opinions and, and perspectives, right? So having that coach, even once they know how to coach themselves, still coming to coaching helps because they get like that different perspective, especially when they, when they get stuck at different things that they see as like problematic, that maybe they're just not viewing the problem from the right angle to see it has actually something that's really easy to overcome or something that's mm. there by design to help them. Um, and having that other perspective can kind of help them see, um, it less of a problem and more has something to be conquered or to make yeah, them a stronger person. An obstacle, if you will. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. It's one of the reasons why I do like therapy and I've never really been to therapy in the sense that I'll, I will talk to the support group around me rather than go see a professional. Um, and that's mainly because it, usually it's been time factors when I have been going through something. It's like, I've got too much on, you know, it costs to see a therapist. Um, and from the people that I have talked to that have reached out to see therapists, a lot of the time you get these people that are on a paycheck, you know what I mean? So they're, yes, they're, they're being trained and they're looking for the keywords and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, there's no real genuine care factor to it, you know? And I think to help someone through a problem that needs to be there, or you're not going to really see it from, from their angle. Mm. But, um, yeah. yeah. And I think too, like sometimes with, it's not that therapists don't care. <laughs> like I, I get the paycheck thing, but sometimes it's, it becomes their job, right? And they mm. become a little bit distanced because there is like those different boundaries in that. And um, I don't know about like in Australia, but here in Canada, like um, counseling is a little bit more clinical, whereas coaching is a little bit more almost similar to like mentorship, I would say the word would fit. Yeah. Um, so there's less, there's obviously like still very clear boundaries between clients and, and the coach, but you're more um, walking alongside each other rather than seeing it has kind of, well, I have the answers to your problems, kind of, which 
and not that counselors would ever say it that way, right? But it kind of has that a little bit more of that top down approach. Um, yeah. I suppose people going just, to, I was going to say, I suppose people going to counseling as well, usually, I mean, like you said, people with count coaching that they've got, you know, maybe an area they want to improve, but with counseling, it is more of like a, a genuine deep seated issue that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then if you get to the levels of like a psychiatrist and stuff as well, that's when it's like, okay, you know, serious traumatic events where it's like, you know, that, that next level of, um, I guess, interpretation, they've been through all the training in that as well. Not, not to say coaches mm-hmm. haven't too, but it obviously I believe it would be a lot more rigorous yeah and it's just a different area of training too i would say because when you're dealing with like deep-seated mental health issues Mm. um that's not even if you're going through something completely traumatic if you don't have a deep-seated mental health issue like there's a thing called resilience where some people just don't um it doesn't impact them the same way if you have like strong resilience um so a healthy mind is not going to respond the same way as someone who is needing that higher level psychiatric treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that it's like, again, I don't like the approach of like, Oh, they're, they're broken. Cause some psychiatrists kind of have that approach, which I think is, is wrong and, and not helpful at all. Um, but with brain chemistry, if you've been taught to dealt with that kind of brain chemistry, if someone who's a healthy brain is then going to the psychiatrist, sometimes that's less helpful because they've not been trained to deal with the healthy brain. Right. Um, So it's just a different area of training, I would say, rather than like, yeah, it's a different perspective and a different train, different strengths, I think is what I'm going for. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. But in that sense, um, I suppose coaching is something like you said that everyone can gain a benefit from. And, and I had this thought the other day of sort of being like, well, in, in our own way, we all are sort of life coaches anyway, because we all have friends or family and stuff that, you know, you might talk to your best mate or your brother or sister, mum, dad, and they go, Oh, you know, I've, I've had this happen to me. And because you do genuinely care, you go, well, you know, what's going on with you? Like, you know, how, what, how did you react to this situation? And, and you might see some sort of um, solution or, or at least a step in the right direction that you can pass on to them and go, you know, try, try doing it this way or have you seen it from this angle? And they take that in their stride. And in a sense, you've, you've coached that person without like, coaching them, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's where the word mentorship fits in really well because we're all mentors to someone. It's just a matter of who that person is. Um, And of course with coaching, like you do have the added training. So you do have uh, added tools compared to when you're just coaching kind of more mentorship style. Yeah. Um, But, but yeah, I would say it's part of being human. (laughs) That's that's one of the things that I love about it. Hey, that I find so beautiful about it is because like potentially anyone can do it, but to do it is such like a service I feel to others because we've all got like, we can all coach, but on that same, like the other side of that coin is we all have problems as well. Like, you know, even your Bill Gates and your Warren Buffett's they've, they've got easier problems, but they've still got problems nonetheless. Right. So Mm -hmm. for them to hear it, even from, um, you know, a a person that's, that hasn't gone through their path necessarily, but can still offer some sort of insight and perspective that's different from theirs, they can still gain something from that, no matter, you know, how rich or or where they're from or what they're doing in life. You know, there's all these sort of, um, I suppose, place markers that we all go through some sort of issue from time to time, whether it be, like you said, we all have relationships um, we all experience heartbreak to a certain extent through life or, you know, 
life purpose. We all have some sort of life purpose and some have discovered it and some haven't. Um, was there any area in particular that you got into life coaching? You're like, that's what I want to be helping people with or. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like a really long story. I don't know if you want me to get into it or if it's okay. <laughs> it's up to you. No, um, I'll, I'll come along for the ride. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, so I was initially in psychology and sociology for my undergrad degree. And initially I wanted to become a marriage counselor because mm -hmm. I had kind of been through my parents got divorced when I was in grade six and I didn't want it for myself. And I wanted to kind of learn all those tools to be able to help people not experience what we went through. Um, and looking back, like, I think it was kind of the wrong attitude because I think there was a lot of good that came from that too. But at the time, that's kind of where my mind was. I, I wanted to uh, fix the world's divorce problem. That's <laughs> so, admirable, but like, because you're but, sort of like, I've been through this thing that's hurt me so much. I don't want el anyone else to go through that either. So that's why you mm -hmm. got into it. And that, I think personally, yeah. that's beautiful, you know, but yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, but that's not really how I got into coaching though. So that was kind of like how I got into psychiatry or, or psychology. Yeah. And when I was taking this uh, degree, so my brother actually had a lot of mental health issues when he hit high school mm -hmm. um, and he ended up in and out of the hospital uh, a number of occasions and eventually he ended up in jail from it. So it was like this, this big thing with my family yep. um, and it was really, really tough to go through. And I actually got out of psychology for a bit and just took the sociology because I was like, this is, this is too much. And just what we ended up hitting was just wall after wall with all the different psychiatrists and uh, the counselors. And it was like, we were getting passed around from, from place to place. Yeah. Um, and, and I think like, I'm not against counseling or psychiatry. I think they are very important and they have their place. Um, and like my brother definitely needed that psychiatric help, but for me and my other family members who were going through it, um, we needed kind of a different approach because counseling is very much getting you comfortable where you are. And okay. I was like, I want to, I want to move forward from that. Like, I don't want to, like, I want to move on. And I actually yeah. went to a couple different counselors who told me like, Oh, different um, expressions, but basically, why are you here? I can't help you. Like you don't need help. And I'm like, well, I feel like I need help. So, yeah. so that's not beneficial to me to hear that. And it was kind of frustrating because I, I think I heard it from about three different counselors, um, all with different training. So one was like in social work, which is a different degree um, here anyways. And, and yeah, so like different, different backgrounds. And they, I heard it from three different ones. And I was like, so frustrated because I'm like, I feel like I, I need this help and my family's yeah. going through this giant thing. Yeah. Um, so I just got frustrated and to, it was actually when my brother first got arrested that I took a, a whole semester off and just did sociology and I didn't want to do any of the psychology anymore because I was just like fed up <laughs> with the system basically. Lost I was like, I don't know. Even. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this if it felt insurmountable to be able to help other people when I felt like I was dealing with all of it in my personal life. Like I didn't know if I wanted that personal plus career. Like I felt that would be really heavy. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of like soul searching and deciding if I wanted to still go into it. And I decided I was almost done my degree anyways. I would see it through um, and that I enjoyed the courses. So I, so I did. And then 
um, I actually didn't find out about coaching till later on. So I had graduated and I took a year off to just volunteer around the city and find out like uh, what I wanted to do and what kind of job I wanted to get. And when I was doing that, I ended up running into a little, because I had some savings and I ended, ended up running into trouble. So I was trying to search for a job. And one of the places that had actually um, had me doing volunteer work was a counseling center, which a uh, North Shore Family Center, which is where I'm at now. Yep. And they heard about coaching and they were like, well, rather than go on and get a master's degree and do um, counseling, if that's not where you're at right now, you can go get trained for coaching and start with that. And if you like it, then go on and know to get your degree. Um, so that's kind of how I found out about it. And when I was researching it, cause I was again, still in that mindset of like, is this what I want to do? Is this not what I want to do? And yeah. it's just the difference in perspective of like the whole heading forward and, and the idea that we can all improve our lives and that we don't have to remain stuck um, really stood out to me. And I just, I loved that. So I was like, I'll, I'll pay for the training and see. And if I just do it part-time for a little bit and then I'm done with it, then that's, that's fine. So, yeah. so I took the training and one thing that I really, really loved after getting the training was this idea that everything we've been through makes us who we are. And it, it has benefits, like not everything is detrimental because I have heard so many times and been told from various people like, oh, you have a dark past, like people can't handle it. And all those kinds of like voices telling me that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I really want to be able to just embrace my story and be happy about like, not necessarily that it all happened, like some of it was pretty traumatic, but um, to see the good in it and to realize who it's made me. And so I want to do that for other people. So that's really why I decided to go through with the coaching and stick with it was this idea of like helping people embrace their past stories and embrace who they are and be comfortable in that and, and not feel like their past defines them um but in a way like feel like their past defines them but in a beneficial way rather than this like weight that keeps you down or like that you have to overcome your past like i really like the mindset of like it's not something to be overcome it's just to focus on those benefits and to see what you can glean from it uh rather than focusing on all the negatives because there there's always going to be negatives there but uh, and it's not like I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, happy-go-lucky, pretend that those negatives don't exist because that's not helpful either. Not the answer either, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. but to really embrace their story and and to um, be proud of who they are. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. which is so good. I didn't, like, I didn't know specifically that was something that life coaches would, like, have that sort of outlook with. Um, Mm -hmm. I sort of more saw life coaches as being about, okay, like you said, you have these goals, let's move you forward and get you to those goals and mm-hmm. seeing like, you know, your counselors and your psychologists and that of dealing with past traumas. But I didn't, yeah, there you go. I didn't know that life coaches would sort of go, Oh, okay. You've been through this. Like, let's, let's dive into that as well. Yeah. And I think, um, the way life coaching, so I'm not certified like in the way that a counselor would look at the past so they can actually open up old wounds and, and when in life coaching, if I start to stuff's coming up from someone's past, if it is overwhelming, like automatically I have to refer, that doesn't mean I stop working with them. I, they'll just be seeing a counselor and me at the same time yeah. or, um, depending on the issues I might, I might suggest it, but, um, not have to 
force them legally, but there is some cases where it's like, I can't work with you unless you get a, a counselor's approval that we can still continue to work together. Okay. Um, so they have, there is so, those moments where you have to be like, okay, this has come up. Like you, I can't do this any longer before until you get professional help in the form of like a counselor or something. Yeah. So it definitely depends on how they're reading their past. Right. So if they're digging into their past going, look, this thing happened, like I've moved on from it but it still frustrates me in this way or that way. We can work through some of those frustrations, yep. but if they're like really weighed down by it and you can tell that they've never dealt with this wound, yeah, it might okay. be something that a counselor kind of needs to dive into. But I would say like my perspective, and I know a lot of coaches don't necessarily agree with this, um, but I would say that there's some wounds that some people never fully get over. Mm -hmm. And and they, and they might for a season, like they might be completely dealt with this, not bogging them at all. And then something happens later on and it's something from that comes back up a little bit. And so I would say that at any point in life, there can be something that comes up that they need to revisit that past, but that's not the same as like that never dealt with wound. Um, whereas like a lot of coaches also have that mindset has to, well, we can deal with it and it can be like done forever. Um, but from what I've seen in my practice, I think that that's very rare. Um, and okay, don't get me wrong. I think people can get over things completely from their past, but I think all of us have at least something that we have not fully dealt with from our past is what yeah, I'm saying. Like, I don't think sure. you can be fully. Sure. And and again, it's perspective. Some coaches would disagree with me on that, but I have to agree with I've you, seen, but cause it's, it's sort of like, well, any event or situation is going to have all these different angles you look at it anyway and to say that you know something something bad's happened and you go um okay like it's it's you know it's forced me to say this story to myself and i'm, I'm aware of this story now and i'm going to change this story in a positive way okay that's good you've you've solved that piece of the puzzle but then to look at it another way it might have caused you trauma even subconsciously or unconsciously in some sort of other way where you go ah oh, you know this is this completely new angle to it that I didn't realize. And like you said, if that's too much for you as a coach to deal with, I suppose it's when you'd have to be like, look, you know, if you can't deal with this and I, I'm not, do you have, do you have to have that moment sometimes of being like, I'm not qualified to do this or I'm not sort of the, the, the right person you need to see someone that's, that's in that more, you know, psych psychiatry or counseling sort of role. Yeah. So because of where I work, it's actually really great because we have counselors on site. Right. Oh, so, sweet. um, so it's really easy to be like, well, I think just you should consider seeing, <laughs> well, n not even like that, not but just like, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but often what I'll run into, I haven't had many moments like that in, in a coaching session. Um, I have had times where I have to like stop and ask some questions to kind of further develop and find out, is this something that needs to be referred? And I'll, I'll be honest with my clients and say, Hey, I think we need to dig into this a little bit more to see if maybe you should go see a counselor. Um, and oftentimes it ends up being actually they've dealt with it. And a lot of my clients have actually been to counseling before and whatnot. So it'll be something that, yeah, I've touched on this in counseling and, and I know it's still a sore spot, but I've dealt with it to that point kind of thing. Yeah. And now they're kind of working with a coach to move forward. Um, what I do get though, is in a lot of my uh, initial um, contacts with people, they, they don't realize what coaching is. It's relatively new in Canada. I don't know how long it's been in Australia. I know it's been in the States longer pretty than here. As well. Yeah, pretty new mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, so different places around the world it's kind of been around and, and here it's fairly new. And also I live uh, way up in Northern Ontario, so we're pretty isolated. So we're kind of 
extra years behind Southern Ontario. Um, so it's very new and people don't really know what it is yet. Um, yeah. So I'll get a lot of people actually contacting me being like, I need counseling. And they'll actually say it that way. I'll be like, actually, mm. I'm not a counselor. I'm a coach. Here's what I do offer. And sometimes yep. they'll come and still make, book an appointment, but sometimes they'll be like, oh, I very clearly need counseling, not what you're offering. Mm. Um, so I get a lot of, of that at that point. Um, but it's very, it's a lot rarer in the coaching room. And like I said, it's more, it's not really a moment where I just kind of like stop and be like, oh, hey, I think you need counseling. I'll be very upfront and be like, hey, I think we need to actually explore this a little bit. And I'm just going to ask some questions about it because there's a chance you might kind of need more of a counselor. Um, and I also have clients that work with counselor and myself as well. Um, and especially being on site, some of them work with them on site and some of them work with other counselors in town. Um, but just really having that open communication with the counselors um, yeah. and and often we'll get them to sign Like I'll get them to sign a form so that I can actually communicate with whoever is counseling them. Okay. It's like you're have, all sort of talking together about the, the same thing. So yeah, I can yeah, get that. Yeah. So, and I actually have, I've never had to use it yet, but one thing that I was very, um, I guess aware that there might be a need for, um, when I started, especially being at a counseling clinic as well, I created a document where it's like, if they get to a point where I'm like, I don't think I can work with you because like you've got all this stuff that you're not working on with a counselor, I will actually tell them, I'm not going to work with you unless you get this form signed by a counselor. So I actually have a form that's like explains the situation and yeah. it has like a place that I can add a couple notes and then they can actually take it to their counselor and their counselor can actually say, yeah, we can both work with them at the same time or you know what no this person needs some clear counseling first and then they can come to you after and they can kind of be the judge of that because they do have that extra education and whatnot as well so yeah. I, I work very closely with them rather than um rather than being in competition because I don't think that yeah. that's a helpful mindset to have no well, you're trying to you're trying to achieve the same goal you know you're working towards yeah. the same purpose of, of helping this person get through and, and achieve kick their goals and, and do what they want to do in life. Uh, do you have like a certain amount of, um, you, you would, I suppose, to some certain extent, like liability in the sense of like, do you have to sort of tell them this advice can't be construed in, in like a, in, in such a way is, is yeah. there? Yeah. Okay. So I have an eight page document that every time someone comes in the first session, we have to go through and usually like I'll usually run my first sessions a little bit late so that they're not, um, paying tons of money to sit there and, and do uh, work, paperwork yeah. with me. But I mean, it is part of it. And I, I feel like uh, being at, so North Shore Family Center is actually a local ministry as well. So we try and keep our, we're faith-based and we try and keep our costs lower than average in the area. Yeah. Um, so our prices are fairly low to begin with. So I don't feel too bad being like, you know, you're getting kind of a, a good deal here we're going to sit down and do some paperwork before we actually dive in. Um, and in that document, there's some really clear uh, liability issues. And um, it also goes over like confidentiality and how like, I'm not going to share their stuff with anyone unless yeah. like if they're going to hurt someone or they're going to hurt themselves, I have to get the right authorities involved and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It also explains that counseling piece. So that document that I was explaining, um, I have a little paragraph in, in my eight page book, uh, kind of I guess contract you would call it with my clients um, so in that I have a paragraph explaining if I feel you need counseling um, and you're not willing to go I might actually have you 
go to a counselor and get this form signed, like okaying you to continue coaching. Um, so they're very aware of that from the start. Yeah. Um, and also I am very upfront about, I'm not trained in psychotherapy and I'm not, um, a psychologist and I don't have a counseling degree. It's coaching, which is different. Um, yeah. So all of that fun stuff is on there. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. cause the reason I ask, I, I do want to get into eventually, I know the Australian law surrounding it is obviously going to differ from Canadian law. They'll probably be similar, mm -hmm. both being Commonwealth countries. But do you, is there certain things like do you have to say to them at the start what like that the information I'm giving you has to be used in this manner or it, it can't be taken as like a I know there's that gen like general disclaimer of the stuff I put out there I have one for my podcast saying like the things that I talk about on here are not professional in any nature shouldn't be construed as such do you have to have that sort of condition with them or is it more sort of with the training you get like you you can guide them in a certain direction but it's like always if you want to follow it that's on you yeah so it's definitely that we're like um i actually have a little clause where it's like if this if you take my advice like it's your choice to to take the advice um yeah and and it's kind of it goes over how i'm more there for guidance rather than um absolute direction uh so i think that's a key difference because uh, you're kind of mm -hmm. guiding them along the path i mean like well, hey, do you want to turn right or left here? And here's what we could do if we turn right or here's what we can do if we turn left. And then ultimately yeah. they decide um, and kind of pointing out. And with some clients, like they will straight up ask me, what would you do in this situation? And I will say like, well, my context is different than yours, but this is what I would do. So being cautious with the wording and that and not being mm. like, do this. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. I suppose with if you if you were to say that, but if you were to say I know you wouldn't, but if you'd said do this, you're still in, you'd still be covered, hey, because that's what I'd be worried yeah. about getting into coaching. I, I'd just sort of be like, yeah, I've got this mad idea. Definitely, if it was me, that's what I'd be doing. And then for them to turn around and say, oh, you told me I should do this, and now yeah. my life's ruined. It's like, whoa. <laughs> You know? They've signed the form. So if they've That's signed it. the form, you're good. Make sure you have a copy of the form and make yeah. sure that they have a copy of it so they clearly understand it. Yeah. Um, the one thing I do that I think is different from some coaches, um, I will give them a copy of the document as well, but I will also give them a signed copy because if I'm not willing to sign it and give it to them, then why should they be willing to sign a copy and give it to me? Yeah. Um, now, again, most coaches also don't have like – an eight page document is a little bit on the longer side. Like usually it's like five ish um, or some, some coaches, like I know our counselors on site, they have, and their insurance is different too, mind you. Uh, yeah. But theirs is like a one page thing people sign. Yeah, um, right. But because my insurance is a little bit different, I like to really cover myself so that even if my insurance was like, we don't want to deal with this, I still feel comfortable um, and safe giving the advice that I've given and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Oh, so for sure. It's better to be safe than sorry with these sort of things. Hey, I'm the same with yeah. like my business starting out now, like the forms that I send people, uh, they probably hate me for it because like the confidentiality <laughs> agreement in itself is like six pages. And then there's mm -hmm. an actual like proper agreement that outlines, you know, services provided for money received and all little bits and bobs. Like you said, those little clauses that, you just you're better off having them there because I know like studying law, it's always better to have it there because if shit hits the mm -hmm. fan, you don't you never think it's going to, but when it does, you've covered your ass per se, which is mm -hmm. an Australian phrase to mean like, you know, you've, you've sorted yourself out, you've you've thought ahead and yeah. been like, ah, oh, you know, it's not gonna happen. So 
yeah no that's really interesting but hey um was it was it always something that you you'd like see yourself doing then have you always been like this sort of coach to your to your friends and, and family and stuff and always been that sort of person in people's lives or was it sort of more like an aha moment for you yeah um I think I didn't know what coaching was um so it's hard to say like I didn't see myself as a coach per se but I definitely saw myself as a mentor through like most of life um mm. And that's definitely the role I've had in my friend group. And um, my actually, when I became a coach, my best friend Riley was like, "Wow, like I've, you've been doing this for me for free for years." Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I have. <laughs> Start charging you um, building the mail. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, so I think um, it is something that I've kind of always done, but not known what it necessarily was. Um, mm. And yeah, like I didn't know. I wanted to be a counselor for a really long time, but I didn't know that the difference existed or that coaching. Well, I guess when I was younger, it actually didn't even exist at that point. Mm. Um, so I like the mentorship piece. I, I like mentoring and having that kind of coming alongside rather than um, helping someone up to your level, which I think is more the counseling approach. Um, yeah. Not necessarily all the time. It depends on the counselor, but that seems to be kind of how they tend to view it. Whereas I like the even level helping, walking alongside. Yeah, we're in this together, and, like walking along as, yeah. as a friend would, rather than, like you said, being on that pedestal of, um, you know, doctor or, or counselor to patient. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, there's, that automatically says there's something wrong with you. And to put that negative frame onto someone, it, maybe there is something that they want to change, sure. But to say that it's a bad thing out of the gate, like that can be damaging for a lot of people to hear like, oh, I've got yeah. this thing wrong with me. Like what's, what's wrong with me? Like, and then, you know. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a wrong framing even for that field, um, which obviously I'm not exactly in the more um, psychiatric, but um, it's, it's the wrong way to be viewing it. And I think it's more difference um, and respecting the fact that people's brains are wired differently rather than like, even myself earlier, I said like healthy versus unhealthy brain. And it's not necessarily the case. It's just how they're processing that information. Mm, And in some cases, trauma, yeah. And trauma can cause that shift and you can shift back, but that doesn't mean that you're necessarily broken when you're in one state versus the other. Mm. Um, it's just, mm. it's, I suppose it's how it comes down to how it's affecting other areas of your life. You know, if, it, yeah. if it's becoming this massive problem where you can't get out of bed, then to say, well, this is a bad thing would be apt. I mean, it's, it's probably not the best way to go about it with the client itself, but from an objective mm-hmm. opinion, you'd go, well, you know, your life's suffering. Um, that's not a good thing. You know, there's mm-hmm. no way to see that as a good thing. Um, but to then go, okay, I suppose that's where a coach and a, and a psychiatrist would be different, but the coach would sort of be like, well, you know, it might not be a good thing, but I suppose it's, it's you know, you, you're going through this to learn a lesson and there is there is gold in there. That's the way I'd, I'd probably see it as a coach anyway and sort of then start to unpack what they are actually going through and and, and looking for those red flags. Yeah, and I wish there was almost like a more... I wish coaches and psychiatrists could work together more often and like in the same room, because if you were mm. to both sit through the same session, I think you would see things differently. And then to be able to collaborate on that same session, um, because there's two sides to every coin, right? Like there is that bad aspect and has coaches, like we often, well, you know, you look at the benefits and like, 
and they are there, but I don't think we can avoid or ignore the other. And that's one thing that I do like about being in the situation I am where there are counselors on site because we can kind of acknowledge some of that more. And it's not that other coaches don't acknowledge that, but it's just, it's really easy for me to be like, Hey, there's a, there's a counselor right next door. Like it's not that hard to book an appointment with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's one blessing of where I'm situated, but yeah. Um, but That's yeah, a real good idea about it as well. Like to have that, cause like you said, it's all about those perspectives. Hey, does it have those two different frames of mind to, to view a problem? You know, you might have the coach saying, well, you know, I see it this way. And, and then your counselor going, well, I can agree with that. But as a counselor, this is what I'd say to do. And then that person's walking away with two um, different perspectives plus their own one to combine together to make, yeah, what, what they can. Of yeah. It, I and I think another benefit of that too, is that after the, the, individual has left the office those two can collaborate and start to see things more holistically because right now we've kind of fragmented everything into their own little segments Mm -hmm. but that person's one person with one life and all those negative and good attributes it's it's all in one life and when you start to compartmentalize it and like that's what kind of happened a lot with my brother too when he was being passed around because they're all working on different areas instead of like coming together sitting down in one room seeing everything for what it is and actually um, conversing together rather than passing the buck from one like to the other and yeah um, I don't yeah yeah no nah, it makes sense completely anything is like you said it all adds up to be this one big thing and I can sort of get why they do it because it's like you know if you look at the big puzzle like the big picture sometimes it'd be a little bit daunting to go like fuck you know mm-hmm. there's all these different ways I could go about it and to go okay so it'll, we'll start here with this part and then move on to this part I can get it, but yeah, right. In the sense of looking at it holistically, it is all interconnected anyway. Like all our lives are, and then our own lives as themselves, like everything that we've done or thought or felt has brought us to this present moment right now, you know? So to look at it all together, yeah, it's definitely going to be a a beneficial thing. Mm -hmm. Mm. But it's hard. It's tricky. Like you, you mentioned that coaching is not that big over Canada. Um, Australia is very much the same. Like, Kerwin obviously is the only one I'd really be able to say that I know of as an Australian life coach that's out there. Obviously, you've got like your, your Gary V's and your Jason Capitals and stuff that are only just well, probably... I know I know they're probably not like certified life coaches, but I see them in that role because they've done no, it for me. You know? Definitely that role, but like... Hmm also very different because like Herwin's more like the business coach which is going to be a very specific type of coaching yeah. um, and that's one thing about coaching as well that I kind of didn't touch on yet it's very um you usually focus in on one area um and you kind of like like it's basically a niche right but um it can I'm kind of in a unique situation because I actually do more than one area of coaching. A lot of coaches will do like say marriage coaching or like life purpose coaching or like that one specific thing. Yeah. Um, I happen to do a fair, I think there's like six different ones that I do. And it's just with being so far North, like we don't have the population here to be able to choose just one. Um, But also I have a very unique uh, life experience that I've been through uh, with everything that I've gone through. So it kind of, opened up those doors for me whereas a lot of coaches might find that overwhelming or daunting they just want to do like focus on the one and um and it does lessen the amount because like I said it's 
about kind of staying that one step ahead of your client, right? So if you've got all the same clients in the same areas, you only need to be reading one area of literature or like that kind of thing. And it can be helpful. Yeah. But um, so that's actually one thing that I find a little bit daunting. And as I grow my practice, we'll probably not be able to do so much of, and I'll have to kind of hone in on what area I want to kind of specialize in more yeah. um, rather than having so many specializations because you can't be reading 50 books a week. It's just not possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially like depending on the number of hours you're working with clients too, like that cuts down. Yeah. So you can't be reading like business literature and divorce literature and like all these yeah. different things. It's not just not sure. feasible. Yeah. Well, life in itself is such a broad stroke just for like one single person. You know, if you think mm-hmm. of all the, all the different things that you've gone through just in your life alone is going to be so different to just what I've been through. And then you times mm-hmm. that by 7.4 billion. It's like, Holy fuck. A life coach is like so, so general, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think within that, like you said, there are those little sort of markers it's like okay for life purpose is one area um, that, that i personally like or um i don't know if there's an area for like the spiritual more side of shit with coaching and getting in touch with that intuitive sort of stuff but i'd like to yeah more so into that if there is yeah that's actually one of my areas of specialization so i do spiritual development coaching that's what you um and i being with the ministry that I'm with, we're actually a Christian based ministry. So primarily Christians, but I have worked with like Buddhists and first nations belief, uh, which is like our indigenous uh, population here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, different things like that. Um, so I have worked with other faiths as well. Um, but primarily like my background. So I actually have a degree in theology as well. A, theological studies master or masters of theological studies with an added concentration in theology which is different than just having that it's basically sounds redundant but it's different it takes different courses but um but yeah so I do have a background in that as well um and I do work with clients kind of actually most of my clients because regardless of what you're there for um it's kind of that holistic approach again and spirituality is part of who we are Mm. And it's, you can't divorce yourself from that. It stays with you regardless of, of where you are. So it usually yeah. comes up in some form, even if that's not why they're there or why they came for coaching. Yeah. Um, it'll usually come out. And I do have clients that are kind of like, you know, I don't really want to touch on that. And that's okay. I'm not going to push them. Um, but there are a lot of clients who initially that's not what they came in for. And I'm like, well, you know, you're bringing this up a lot. Like, have you thought about how your faith, regardless of, what their belief system is how it's impacting that and i think belief system too kind of it it's almost like an umbrella over our whole lives um even if you're not acknowledging what that belief system is um when you kind of start to dig into it you see like how all your responses to everything going on kind of fall under this umbrella because you have those beliefs exactly it's guiding the choices that you're making because you think oh Mm -hmm. you know either this is the right thing to do so says what I believe in, or, you know, if you do have like a a certain religion that you follow, be it Christianity or Buddhism or or whatever it is, there are certain um, moral rules to that, you know what I mean? Or certain guidelines Mm -hmm. that they, that they want you to follow. Um, Even like I've started reading this book, it's called, I think it's called the Yogi Code or something, something to do with like this, this Yogi that was sort of um, off gallivanting around the world and then discovered yoga and started to go down this path. And he talks about like these seven rules that if you follow in life, like it's what 
makes you a yogi sort of thing. Um, and it's not necessarily a religion as such, but it is sort of, like you said, that, that belief system or that, that way of life of, of basing your decisions off of something. Um, and whether we do it consciously or unconsciously, we're still going to be doing it off, off it some, something, you know? Yeah. And I think like, it's a really good point too, that like, People don't necessarily have religion, but everyone has a belief system. Everyone mm. believes something. Um, even if they're not acknowledging it, you have some kind of natural beliefs that you, that shape your life. You have and, to, you have to in yeah. life. If, if I ask you like, or ask anyone, but if I was asked you, cause you hear like, what's your opinion of yourself? You have, you have certain beliefs about yourself. Okay. What's your opinion on the state of politics in your country? You're going to have certain sort of beliefs that are going to tie in that because you, you've been either shown stuff or learned stuff that's caused you to believe these certain things, whether or not they're true is a completely different thing, but we've all still got that baseline of like opinions and, and beliefs, which sort of tie in together. Which, um, for sure yeah it's interesting stuff but um yeah so it's it's not that big here just yet like i said cool and he, he is a business coach but he did sort of touch onto like a little bit of spiritual stuff and it's funny because oh, yeah. it's it was more like without obviously saying the details it was a lot more scientific as well mm-hmm. but i i find that like there's a very big overlap when it comes to like theories in science like your you, you quantum realms and your your universal field theory and string theory and all this sort of stuff and what some people that are spiritual saying like you know oneness and the whole thing being interconnected it's just two different names for the same beast i feel mm-hmm. to say that every everything is related to one another um and that there is this sort of you know different even different dimensions in science how it's like, i know we talked about that a little bit um how there's you know scientists say that there's 11 dimensions and how as you climb up the dimensions everything sort of just merges together to form this one sort of conglomerate of things going on um but even that when you get down to our third dimension it's sort of like well that still exists um we might not be able to see it and interpret it we feel it's like okay where these people everything else is happening around us and we're just you know walking along experiencing as we go but i'm more inclined to believe that like we still have that connection and that we can we can tap into it to a certain extent through different ways like meditation or or yoga um even like tarot i'm starting to slowly get into that because my mum does tarot spreads and i'm yeah slowly trying to get my intuition to the point where you can tap into something and it feels like you you tap into something else. Um, some would argue that it's just you know your mind playing tricks in the sense that you're going to get what you want to get and maybe that's true, but like I did a spread last night for myself that I did too actually. And the things that came out, like they really were very applicable to what I was asking from it. Um, and in the sense of the way that like, you know, when you're shuffling the deck, you can't tell what's going to come out, right? It could be any, any one of those cards, you can't see them. So you're not knowing. Um, and then back to science again is like, well, quantum theory says that, something is in a certain state until it's observed and it only becomes that thing once it's observed. It's like that, that's um, what's it called? Like that split experiment they did where they would shoot a beam across a room and it would be a particle at the end of the room, but it's still a wave going through. I'm probably butchering that fucking story, but <laughs> look it up. Anyone that's watching this, look it up and you too. Um, but it is sort of like until you, there is a thing where it's like until you observe something, 
it's in this sort of like flux state where it could be anything. Um, and I see that in tarot in the sense of like, you don't, you, you're trying to put your own energy into the deck and asking this question and, and tapping into something else as well. And then it's not until those cards will fall out or however you do your spreads, whatever, whatever way you do it, that you go, okay, that's applicable to me now because I didn't observe it before, but now that it's observable, that's what's meant to come out. If that makes sense. Sort of. Sort of. A little bit. <laughs> I, think, I don't know. I think I followed. I don't know. It's, uh, it's uh, how else could I explain it? It's sort of like, you, you, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's more like you, I can't see what's coming out for me. So I don't buy into any certain way until like I can see what's there for me. And I feel like there's that other connection with it as well. That's sort of like, mm. well, I'm asking this question to the divine and the divine will come back and go, okay, here's these cards, interpret them how you will. But being the divine, it already knows how I'm going to interpret them. That's why it's picked those cards. And then it gives me those things and I go, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Does and like, sense? yeah, no, it makes <laughs> okay, sense. Sweet. Okay, cool. I'm and, glad I got that. And I've had, I've worked with clients who have uh, used them before and it gives, I feel like for them, it gives them a lot of insight um, to kind of what's, what they're going through in that. And it just, it's almost like a way of, shifting their perspective to make them see it from a different angle too. Yeah. Um, but just to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, cause it's fun. Love it. No, I love it. <laughs> I've, I've also had, um, because I do work with like a lot of, uh, Christians are not for that sort of thing. Um, I don't know if that's, I, I don't know how things are there. I but could like imagine. Here, nah, well, like yeah. your, your standard, um, traditional Christianity. Yeah. It's a bit, we were even people that yeah. aren't Christian that are just more conservative minded will still go, ah, you're fucking talking at your ass, man. It's a deck of cards, you know? And that's yeah, and, for them and like, it definitely depends on the individual too, because I have had people um, who will identify as Christian who also participate. So I don't think it's like black and white per se. Yeah. Um, I think it's up to the individual and what their beliefs are. Yeah, for sure. Um, but from from the ones that tend to be more conservative, like their their kind of view on it is more like, well, were those things applicable because they happened to be what was given to you, or did you see something that was applicable because you kind of that's where the create comes in, right? Where that's when you observed it, you created the link yeah, between you, you what wanted card, to see it, or not even necessarily that you wanted to see it, but again, it just has that sort of along the same line as what I said before, where it's the mind shift, right? So it helped you to see something about a situation that you didn't see before, but mm. is it necessarily because that card came up or if a different card came up, would you have seen something different in yeah. the same scenario and still seen it as applicable? Yeah. Um, see, I'd argue that yeah. no other card would come up because that's what card was meant to come up, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I definitely agree. A lot of people have the same thoughts with astrology, right? Which is something else that's very woo-woo mm -hmm. that I personally love even more so than tarot where it's like, okay, you know, you're meant to be going through these things right now and, and everyone could probably read it. And if they want to get something from it, then they're going to pick something out for it, right? It's that whole thing of the mind wanting to see what it does, even if it is subconsciously, you, you want to solve your own problems uh, instinctually, right? So you're going to be looking for something to help you with that. Um, where it gets me is is more so 
that it's specific. It's, it's still, it is general, but it's specific enough to be like, okay, could everyone like get something from this? Like you, you know, your daily newspaper horoscopes where it's like, you're going to go through something that's going to test you today. It's like, well, fuck man, that's, that's life, you know, like, of course yeah. probably will, you know, but when it's like, okay, um, something again, it might just be the fact that my mind wants me to relate it to certain things. And I'm looking for those markers to be like, okay, that applies to me in this way. Um, and then I've had times where I've had spreads and I'm like, oh, I don't think that relates to anything, you know, does that necessarily mean that the spread itself is wrong? Well, maybe not. Maybe it's just my interpretation of it. Um, but I feel like it is definitely a positive thing, whether it's true or not. If, if I, I get something out of it in the way of insight of being like, okay, I, I have this question and it shows me like solutions to it. Well, that's, that's a nice thing, you know, whether, what, however that happens, that's a, that's a productive and a constructive thing. Um, I just so happen to think that it is connected to something more greater than just randomness or, or mm-hmm. you know, an astrologer saying this planet causes this and all that sort of stuff. I do see it, but that's a fa- that's a faith thing as well, isn't it? Hey, whether whether you want yeah, to believe in it or not, it comes down to your belief system, right? And like what, uh, and I guess different people use it differently too. Like, and I don't think there's necessarily. Um, like how the, how you as an individual use it is up to you. Um, it, it's not like as a coach, I'm not going to tell someone they're doing it wrong or right. Like it's, it's their belief system yeah. and I'm going to be respectful of the way that they use it. Um, and yeah. And just like, I kind of want to jump back as a, for a moment, if that's okay. Yeah, as of course. Yeah, kind yeah. Of like, um, not to like jump into coach mode, but like, I'm just wondering, cause you use the term woo woo a couple of times and why, because it's almost like you're dismissing your own beliefs by putting that word on it. So I'm kind of, yeah, no, good question. No, good question. I'm, I'm glad we jumped back for it. No, I love this sort of shit. Hey, I, I'm very rarely get someone on that would be like, so you just like, tell me about that. You just said that most of the time I'll just pepper in with questions and it's still fun. But, um, I think it's because I, besides like, my mum's a very spiritual person now and she's only been for a couple of years and the same with myself, but I do have a lot of people in my life that are of that very conservative background, you know, either they're skeptical. Um, and I'm myself a bit of a skeptic as well. I take me back like five years ago, I'd laugh astrology out of the room, you know, but I think it was just me being closed minded to it all and didn't really give it as much, you know, regard as I should have. Um, but when you're surrounded by people that give it that label, it can sometimes feel like it has that essence to it in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't think consciously, I don't think it, it detracts from my belief personally um, that sometimes will falter because of it, but I'm still moving more and more into it. I'm still exploring it. And the more I explore about it and learn about it, the more I think it's true. Um, and again, there's nothing like I, I've probably, unless science leaps out of the ground or God comes down and, and tells us or aliens invade, I don't know, but there's probably never going to be in my lifetime, something I can point to and say, this is, this is real. Like I told you, so like, this is, there's something there. Maybe there will be, but I don't see it. So it always just comes back to, well, if you can't prove it, do you believe it in it or not? I choose to, but yeah, I'm, I'm in Australia. People are very, um, they're genuine people which is awesome like I, I love people that call a spade a spade and are just upfront and honest um but because of that as well there is this sort of culture of like 
um, seeing is believing, you know, this, if, if it's material, if you can uh, experience it, then it's true. We're not a very religious country either for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say that, I don't mean like the nation cause we, we are very multicultural as well, but like Anglo-Saxon Australians, the ones that have sort of been here and like, you know, I might hear you go and that sort of stuff. Very, very little of us are religious for that reason. I think is because mm-hmm. it's like, well, where is it then, mate? You know, like what, what, you know, you really, you want to believe in it. It's, yeah, yeah. That's why I call it and I think that's I think that's kind of a common theme across the Western societies right now. Um, so there's actually what's happening is religious polarization as well. Um, so what that means is just a fancy word for meaning there's a bigger gap. So before there used to be people who were like very religious and then kind of like the middle people and then the people who are just not religious at all. And what's happening is actually becoming a complete divide. So you're either very religious or not at all. And there's no um, nominal affiliates that are just kind of like kind of attending religious services but not really um so it's becoming especially christianity i know in particular um because initially that's what i was going to do my research for my phd on if i got in <laughs> so i do have a little bit of like knowledge and research that i've done no, so it has has things kind of polarized um that middle ground is kind of disappearing yeah it's either devout or denying like you, mm. it's one or the other I, I don't know if that's the case i feel like because Christianity has been around for millennia now, like it, it kind of, and this is, this is how I see it. It kind of has that t- like tarnished reputation, if you will, because mm, of stuff yeah. like the crusades and, you know, oh, sure. all these things that come out about, you know, priests and, and all the stuff they've done. So it has that sort yeah. of people associate those things with it. I'm not, not to necessarily mean it's a bad thing in itself. I think any religion, if it's, if it's done healthily is a good thing because it gives you, mm-hmm. you know, a moral code and, and, and something high, like a higher power. And that's beautiful. Um, and with the sense of spirituality, I think stuff like astrology, um, you know, tarot and um, all, all that sort of area, like of that new, new age stuff, if you yeah. will, is still very um, early in, in the piece, you know. I mm-hmm. I have the belief that long, like many, many centuries and, and probably even thousands and thousands of years ago, you had like your shaman types that were sort of connecting to that divine power through their own way. Um, and hopefully that one day, again, that will resurge. Um, and that's maybe like all this, you know, astrology and that sort of stuff is, is going to lead us to that path of, of connectedness again because astrology is all about that you know that the universe we are connected to it and and we also reflect out you know what that is too um whether it does or not who knows but i, I think whatever label we give ourselves it all comes back to that one belief of that higher power you know and if you believe in that yes people can use it for bad and you get your radicals and stuff in any religion um but with a healthy mindset about it it's it's gonna cause positive ripples in your life you know mm-hmm, for mm. sure and i think again it comes down to like the individual and how what role it's having in their life mm. um because i do think even with like new age practices um to just kind of use that term to kind of cover everything Better than um, woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> um so with new age practices it really depends on the role that the individual is giving in them in their life because sometimes it can enhance but um sometimes it can kind of 
not be so helpful. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like, if you, you get those people who will not make a decision about anything until they consult cards or like, you know, they have their, yeah. their moment. But if you need to make a choice in the moment about something, you're going to miss out on opportunities potentially. Or yeah. if you're just, if it becomes debilitating to the point of, um, I can't decide anything for myself. Like that's probably yeah, not healthy. Reliance, like reliance. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of where the line comes in. Whereas like if it's controlling your life in some manner, it's probably not a healthy um, use of the tool per se. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. A and again, servant, it's but a bad master. Yeah. And it's almost like um, in, legalism right shows up in any religion and it's kind of that legalistic form that takes on in the new age spiritualities as well there's there can still be legalism um so yeah is it there's not i don't know i don't see as much of it i the way that i was introduced by people that are much more proficient in astrology than i is sort of that it, it's a guide it's not like a clear cut to say that this will definitely happen it's more sort of like you know a, a bit of like a lay of the land if you will um rather than i don't but there's other there's other areas i suppose of um like new age practices you know that are probably just eastern traditions i suppose at, at their core like stuff like yo yoga and that um that do have those core you know guidelines or principles that you want to adhere to um yeah, I don't think they're they're a bad thing, like you said. It, when when they're followed, not to your detriment. Um, if they they give you that sort of outline of how to go about things, but you can still make your own decisions without having to consult, you know, your local minister or without having to do a spread. Or it's it, like you said, it's a nice tool, but if it's leaned on too much, then yeah, it's it's going to cause you trouble. Hey. Yeah, and and yeah, like I I don't think I think. At this point, we're seeing less legalism in new age practices, but I think it's because they are such a new thing as well. Like usually mm. legalism takes time to form, right? Yeah. And I would say they're kind of like the newest religion that we have. Yeah. Um, so it hasn't really had that deep root yet. Um, but I do think that there definitely are people I've seen who use it legalistically. And But again, you get that in anything. Like I'm not saying how that. Do they, um, how do they use it? Like when you say legalistically in what, in what sort of facets? Um, like in that same sort of like reliance, do you mean as like lean, like you said, having to do a spread before they make any decision in their life, like that sort of yeah. clear cut. And, okay. And also kind of like, to me, if everyone in your life is giving, like you've asked people that you trust, like counselors in your life. And, and I don't mean counselor in terms of a professional counselor, but just like people who you see as, um, who whose counsel you would seek when making yeah, a decision the people in that and, role yeah yeah they get like five people that they really trust and they're all saying hey maybe you should do this uh, and they're like i really feel like i should do this but i need to consult the cards first and then they get like oh well the cards told me otherwise so i'm gonna do otherwise even yeah. though or like i've had clients who are like oh the cards told me this and i don't want to do it but i have to because the cards told me i'm like well Why you just said you don't yeah. want to do it <laughs> like, yeah for sure. Yeah. I, I think it's always got to come back down to your your choice and your opinion, right? And mm -hmm. so, like you said, you can go to other people in your support group uh, as a counsellor. And I suppose 
consulting a spread or consulting how the, the planets are is counsel in a sense as well because you're going to it looking mm. for guidance and they provide some sort of guidance in its own form but to always go okay um i've, I've got all these different opinions what do i want to do and then trusting your own intuition and your own logical mm-hmm. mind as well combining the two and, and making that decision is the best course of action you know because it's yeah. to say that all those five people told you take the new job and then you see your spread and the spread says don't take the new job you might see that as like ah oh, you know w- what do i do then you know should i should i trust that logical part or is it the intuitive part well do you want to take the new job like what were you hoping from the spread for like step back what do you want these people to tell you um if if you were waiting for that spread and all of a sudden it's come out don't take the new job and you feel relieved from it well, there's your own individual answer because that's what mm-hmm. you wanted, you know. Don't ever put too much waiting on anyone else's opinion or, or anything in general, any sort of practice besides your own gut feeling and your own weighing up the options and going, okay, this is probably going to be the best way for me to go about things. And one thing that I'm really adamant with the clients that I do have that use them uh, would say always before doing it, check your intuition at that point too Mm. and then check it after because Mm. if something doesn't feel right with you and then you do it and you get an answer and it's still not feeling right with you kind of being able to tune into your intuition at both points i think is is helpful definitely Um, definitely because sometimes it can influence that right or like um it's almost like adding noise to especially for clients who have trouble in tuning into their intuition which a lot of people do oh it's tricky Um, yeah if you do it after you could be influenced like you can't necessarily are you really hearing your tuition or is what you saw influencing what you're exactly or is it anxiety and fear that you perceive as like oh do i do it you know they the one thing i love about intuition is like it will never be emotionally charged it's always a very calm sort of like clear feeling it's never like oh but if i don't then this might happen that's fear and anxiety and i had to like really work through to try to discover what that voice was for me you know because i was Mm -hmm. I, i could be probably subconsciously like naturally intuitive but when it came to like testing that intuition I couldn't really say what it was for that reason, you know, because all these things mm-hmm. have clouded it and, and get in the way. Um, but fortunately, like I've just put in time and work and it's like anything, once you have that consistent um, effort into it, you'll learn more about it and it'll present itself in different ways. And now I can, I still, there's so much to go, you know, I've, I'm still yeah. not a master. <laughs> always, by no is. Means. always a student, always a student, yeah. but it's sort of like I'm at this level with it now where I can, do a spread for myself or even um, people online will like do general spreads. So, or they'll have like different piles and stuff and like, you know, trust your intuition, pick one of the piles and there'll be some sort of message from spirit for you in that pile. Right. Which again, I like, cause it's sort of like until observed, it could be fucking anything. So it's the one that my gut feeling tells me to pick. Um, and really like nine times out of 10, even probably maybe 10 times out of 10 is like, it's, it's something that has resonated me with me in, in some way. Um, and whether, like I said before, if that's just me wanting to resonate with it in some sort of way, but it spooked me enough that as a skeptic, I just dug deeper and deeper and deeper until now. Yeah. I'd, I'd say I've developed my intuition to the point where I can recognize it 
and then also have the confidence to trust it too, which I think is a really big step with it because a lot of people will still second guess that with that logical part of their brain going, Oh, but is it, you know, but this could happen, but this, you know, all the, all these different things could happen. So yeah, it's definitely a tricky process, but yeah. Yeah. How, are you an intuitive person? Caitlin, do you find yourself? Intuitive? Um, I, I think so. Like, Do you base like I, deci- do your decisions mainly base off logic though? Because you do seem like you're, well, you're an intelligent person, so you're gonna have that part of you. But yeah, it, yeah, I I I can't get rid of the logic, but <laughs> I'm not one of those people who can just go autopilot. But um, in terms of like tuition, one thing that was really helpful to me because I actually thought that I had really bad intuition, but then when I started looking at it, like I don't get gut feelings but I get like heart feelings. I get heart okay. feelings a lot. And when to me, say, I never. Oh, so I was going to say, when you say heart feelings, like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what's a, what's a heart? How would you describe a heart feeling? <sighs> like, like, I an, feel like an emotional attachment to it or. No, like not like, like physically, like I don't feel it in my gut. I feel it like in my heart. Talk, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah. I feel like, Oh, like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing that. Or like, yeah, I get, I get a lot of, Well, for me too, this is one thing that I've kind of struggled with in terms of, um, so as, as a Christian, I believe in, in prophecy as well. Right. Um, and I, I believe that all Christians are given the gift of prophecy to some extent. Um, and I think that comes through connection to the Holy spirit and, um, kind of, it's not so much my knowledge, but like connection with the spirit and he knows, and that's, that's kind of how I view it. Right. So, Um, to me, I'm kind of like, well, what's, what's prophecy versus what's intuition? Um, and maybe it's just two sides to the same coin and a different terminology for it. Okay. When you um, say prophecy, but, what, what, when you say like, what does it, what does it mean when you use that word? Cause like for me, when I picture prophecy, it's like, um, this like, fate, if you will, like there's, there's the, the, the chosen one that's going to be, you know, the, the Messiah chronicle if you will of, of how someone is fated to do a certain thing or like destiny is that is that what you mean by it like um no so christian prophecy is slightly different it's more um oh i don't know fully how to explain it so the gift of prophecy is like proclaiming truth um okay and there is like sometimes a futuristic element where you know things before they happen yeah um but the proclaiming truth part is just kind of like being able to decipher lies from truth and like um like keeping people accountable to a sense too and and kind of pointing back to god's word and in terms of christian circles because um i would also say my belief is that christians are to keep other christians accountable but if you're not a christian um you shouldn't be held to those standards type of thing and because if someone doesn't but whereas other christians some christians disagree with that um and um that's where you get like the inappropriate protests and that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah Um, yeah so but for me it's like if they're not a christian it's not our job to keep them accountable and and i also think accountability is a gray zone within the church sometimes too (laughs) um because even in in life hey because it's it's whether a person wants to be held accountable too is a big part of it you know like you mentioned Mm -hmm. with coaching if a person doesn't want to own up to what they're doing 
then no amount of you saying that they should is going to change that. So it's just a waste of energy on your part. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, mm. for sure. Mm. Um, so in terms of prophecy, sometimes you like also know things that like, <laughs> it's hard to, you just know things before they happen. Yeah. Like um, I knew six months before my grandfather died that he was going to die. I didn't know when, but I just kept getting like this, these feelings are like at the last Christmas that we had with him. I was like, this is going to be our last Christmas with him. Yeah. And I didn't like, I didn't know why. And like, again, me being a logical person, I'm like this, why would you even think that? Like, that's really morbid. But then when it happened, it was like, I went back to thinking about that thought. I'm yeah. like, Oh, like that. That's that actually why I was having, yeah, for sure. Happened. See, to, to and, me, that, that is intuition. That's that, mm-hmm. that fem- feminine side of the mind that isn't explainable logically because it's, not logical you know like they're completely okay god why is it the feminine side okay i thought you might ask that it's not it's not like feminine in the sense of like ah you know get my nails under shopping not that that feminine like that description in the same way that they call the logical mind the masculine mind doesn't mean like but why like but see i don't agree with that either because then that's like saying females aren't logical and no not at all like it's i I, okay it's i from what i gather i'm it's traditionally called that the different parts. It of is, mind. but it's not helpful to call. It that. No, it's but it it is a it's it's like the generality. It's a generality thing where it's like um, even I'm going to come back to tarot again because it's just what I'll you know play to what you know. Um, mm-hmm. There's cards in that like you you've got a few of the major arcana that's like your high priestess, your empress. Um, you know, the moon and stuff that's all tied into like the, the, fem- the feminine qualities. It's not to say that every person is every, every girl has these qualities. I myself am a very feminine person, you know, um, in terms of this, it doesn't like there's, there's that, I suppose the two words, they are used interchangeably because you say feminine and most people think like, Oh, you know, they're, they're girl like qualities. But when I say feminine, I do mean more attached to that sort of maternal, if you will, of that intuitive side, um, that mystic sort of, yeah, like high priestess sort of vibe of being like, oh, um, not thinking about it pragmatically. And it's not to say that girls don't think pragmatically because there's plenty of people out there that do. Um, But of those people, I would say, well, they're more logically minded. They're using the masculine mind more so. Um, I agree with you. It is a little bit sexist when you think about it because it's it like, is. Well, fucking, a it, little. It it's a very. Sexist. But I don't. I I don't think of it in the sense of like, oh, you know, um, like it'll come up in when I do general spreads and shit, and be like, oh, you know, the, the person I watch, Stargirl, should be like, okay, um, these there's a lot of like feminine energy about um, you in this spread, and it's like, and then she'll say, it's not. This doesn't mean that you're a woman, right? You can still be a man and have like those those qualities to you um i, I don't think know. there's something sorry i was, I was gonna say yeah, I, I just i don't know why they I, I guess they've been labeled like that because it's a fucking generalism but hey because it's sort of like what are genuinely women are more empathetic and emotional and generally but, men are more of the logical and const- and like build a fucking tower you know what i mean doesn't mean are that they, all are, are, but yeah are they actually though, or is it that we've conditioned them by society to be 
more that way. I think naturally, Which because is, even if you look at um, oh, like try well, like look at tribally, look at tribal, look at the the cultures that that haven't been exposed to any of our culture in the past, even like thousands of years. You know, there's still that that matrix of being like, okay, that the the men will the hunt and the the women will look after the children. It's not to say again, men can look after the children and women are more capable than hunting. But those traditional roles, I believe, are there because it's just instinctual in some sort of way to do it. Um, look at you look at lions. Like even li- lions, it's flipped, but there's still those roles, right? That the male is the one that sits there and does fuck all, and the women, like the women lion, go out to hunt. Is there like a prejudice? They're fucking lions, like you know what I mean. They're just going about and doing their thing, but there's still those roles. That are, that are instinctual for the animal and maybe there is a sort of a, a part of it is cultural and societal in our day and age now um but i think these things are generalities because they do exist to some certain extent uh whether cultural society plays a part in it. oh look agree i disagree. think i think like i'm not i think there is a biological component to a point but i think we i think there's more like society plays a larger role than we want to give it credit in that because it it, and like people use that as an excuse to keep things the way they are um Mm. but but yeah so i do think there's a small biological component but i think it gets blown out of proportion as to how much it actually is there yeah i I don't know i i agree with you culture especially like nowadays it's it's going to play a lot more of a factor because we're so exposed to like so much of it um but like Jordan Peterson was that dude I linked you to, right? That Canadian, he's a professor of psychology and that. And he talks openly about this because of politically correct culture. A lot of people will will say what you've just said, right? Not, I'm not saying like you're being politically correct about it. I agree with you to a certain extent. But he, he talks about, and I don't want to butcher this, so I'm not going to go quote by quote, but he talks about how he, like there were studies done in Sweden to show that like what typically jobs like people will go for and statistically speaking, women will go for that more sort of um, uh, person-focused career, like you're nursing and, and you're counseling but, and you're teaching, and men are more inclined statistically to go for those like engineering and mathematical jobs that require that logical thinking. But how much of that is because they've been raised to believe that those are the jobs that they should go for? It could be. Like it, you could, can't. it could. You can't. <laughs> that's hard to test as well, whether it is conditioning or not. Um, and look, that conditioning could have been in place since tribal times because they were fucking, you know, they were sexist in some sort of way anyway, you know what I mean? And like, even if a woman back then wanted to go out and hunt with the men, she wouldn't be allowed to because that's tradition speaking it, and that's been bred into us over those thousands of years. It depends because there are like different cultures where the women actually would. And um obviously like because women have the children it wouldn't be like all the women go hunt but there were some that were very open to uh women hunting and um there's also like two-spirited where you have um cultures like here we have first nations where two-spirited is is where you're not really female or male you're seen as having both spirits yeah um and and they're able to do uh, the hunting and and all kinds of like child cares with kind of like the best of both worlds and yeah whatnot. I think that is um, something we're moving towards, but slowly, hey, because you do see but, a lot more of, of, of accepting of people. You know, if you go back 50 years before, like, suffrage was a thing, you know, women couldn't even vote, and that's fucking stupid. You know what I mean? We're all people. It's the same with racism, stuff like that. But I think as we, we, we move forward, I know if it's a natural frozen. thing. 
Oh, can you? You see me? Still frozen? Oh no, my internet connection is unstable. Can you see me? Hello? Can you see me? Can you see me? Oh, I, I can, can hear you, you now. Can you're you hear me still now? You're still delayed. Hold on. All right, give me one second then. We'll just pause that. Hold on one sec. <laughs> can you hear me now? Yes. Can you see me now properly? Yeah, and you're you're like actually at the speed that you're moving now and not. <laughs> I don't know. I just brought my little dongle thing out to go off that. I think me mum's come home and she's jumping on it as well. So oh, if okay. it does that, if it starts lagging out again, I'll just go, thanks for watching. But um, uh, what were we speaking about? Um, like gender roles and that sort of thing. Hey, I don't know. I, I, I think balance is always like the best thing in life. And, and I, I will, I've got to be more conscious of calling it logical and intuitive because both can be masculine and feminine since it's just another label for it that's obviously tradition based. Um, but I do sort of naturally see them and that's probably like part of the way I've grown up and experienced the world and stuff as well that when you do see like advertising or, or films or, or TV, it's always that man in that role and the woman in that role. Yeah. Um, and I think as we grow more, like people are changing those roles and, and it's sort of is becoming like a, a more fluid sort of state, which is a really good thing um, because the two parts of the mind is the same. You know, you have this part of your mind that is logically based and then you have a part of it which is intuitively based. And to combine those two together, you're going to get the best choice or decision because you're seeing it from two different ways that are so op opposing to each other, mm -hmm. but still in you know, so opposing, but still one and the same. If that makes sense, yeah. you know? And and it's like, again, it, it comes back to like the holistic kind of view, because if you're only using like one area of your brain, like it's not helpful. Like you need to see things kind of both ways. And yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. But no, no, yeah. hundred, I, I, I get what you mean. It's, it's, it's balance. It's always, I, I yeah. think anyway, balance is like, the best thing you can have in life because you're never mm -hmm. going to rely on one thing more than anything else. Um, yeah. And it's when you start relying on something too much, like then you, you can get in the patterns of addiction or you can, you know, just everything else falls to the fucking wayside. And, you know, it's, it's definitely not healthy, no matter how healthy the thing itself actually is objectively. Yeah. I agree with you. But um, I don't know how long we've been going for. Hey, I have no idea. <laughs> We'll wrap, do you want to wrap it up? Do you want to call it quits? It doesn't matter to me. Like I'm. Um, what else uh, I want to talk to you about? <laughs> it reminds me actually, because you, you said the word holistically. Have you seen there's a show called Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency? Have you seen that? I've never seen it. Sorry. Netflix. Everybody. I know it's on Australian Netflix. <laughs> if it's on Canadian Netflix, watch it. Because the second season's a bit, nah, but the first season, if you like... Um, oh, geez, it's even hard to put a label on it because eh? it's just so fucking random. Like it's, <laughs> it's got um Elijah Woods in it, so it's not like there's. Oh, is he Frodo? Yeah, Frodo. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Frodo's in it. Um, and and the plot is like I won't spoil it for you, obviously, but the plot is that he 
is just this like regular dude, you know, going about his daily life. Anyway, he's he has this moment of like where he's work he works at this hotel and he has this moment where like he sees himself going into the elevator and the doors close and he's sort of like, What the fuck? Like what was that? Anyway, so he goes home and then this dude rocks up and he's like, My name's Dirk Gently and I have this holistic detective agency but his, his practice of detective is just like sitting back and letting things come to him. And that's how he solves his cases. And it's oh, really, it's, it's cool. Cause it's like, well, it's an interesting premise. Hey, cause it's sort of like, he doesn't, he never looks for clues. He just goes about his life and, and interacts with everything as he normally would. And I won't say anything more, but he, he does like make progress obviously to the point where he ends up solving the case. You know what I mean? You, you find out at the end what, what happened, but um, yeah, it's a very, it's like a, a, a spiritual show in disguise in a sense, because I love that <laughs> mindset of being like, look, yes, you've got to be careful, obviously to have your goals and to keep yourself accountable and, and not just be like, I'm just going to lay in bed all day and, and all this riches and, and glory will come to me. Well, you got to work towards it to an extent as well, but <laughs> to, to do what you want to do and to do the things that you want to accomplish, you're going to put in the hard work. But once you've done that work or even while you're doing that work, just letting it, go by itself you know what i mean like if we were to be doing this podcast and all of a sudden you know my computer drops out there's no point me going ah fuck like we were gonna have this like mad continue the chat and this could have been like outcome focused rather than going okay that's that's happened like what what is this led to now you know what i mean what path mm-hmm. is, is it taken now um and being open to that path as well is really helpful. yeah and i like the level of gratitude that would be involved in that (laughs) to just be like thankful for every experience I was actually talking to someone yesterday and we were having a conversation a group of us and about like the importance of gratitude came up and just like being thankful for bad circumstances like that and um yeah there were actually a couple people in the group that were like oh you can't be thankful for bad circumstances you can be thankful to what they lead for but not for the circumstance itself and I completely disagree with that I think and I don't know if this comes back to my coaching as well but I have had people in my office have horrific circumstances that they're coming from and to be able to look at that and say you know what there's good and, and to not excuse whatever the circumstance was. Um, and I think I've seen that in my own life as well, looking back. Like, it sucks some of what happens. Mm-hmm. But to be able to have that gratitude and to just keep moving forward with it, rather yeah. than to, uh, like your example with like if the computer crashed and to just get frustrated. And I think that's where so many people get stuck in life because mm-hmm they can't move past the fact that the computer crashed and move on to something else. Like they just stare, sit there staring yeah. at a blank screen. They dwell in it. And, they, and, and yeah. then even to an extent they dwell so much in it that they start to identify with it. And so and the computer mm. crashing is a metaphor obviously, but they associate mm. themselves with it so much where they just, everything that they do is centered around that, you know? And I, I, the best word to use would be like drama focus, you know what I mean? Or like trauma mm. bonding as a, as a, phrase is now coined um but there's so many people that yeah attach themselves to that i wanted to ask you about because you said like i i do see it in sort of a way as like when something bad happens good things can come for it but i don't anyway right now i want to see what you have to say because you you said that there's good even in the bad moments itself um rather Mm -hmm. than just saying 
well, that the growth is the, the positive thing out of it. You know, the learning is the positive thing out of it. But these are all things that you sort of gain from it, not the actual event itself. Um, and while I can get that it's sort of like without the event itself happening, you can't get those things. It's more like, but I feel like you're sort of saying, well, that they're good things, but the thing itself is also a good thing. Um, not like um, unrelated to that. Is that, would that be yeah, right? Or is it? I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like a good thing, but there can be a good element to it. Okay. Um, so if, if you're, I don't know if you're comfortable with me sharing from my past. You share as much but, as you want to, Caitlin. Okay. Um, so like I, as a child, I went through some sexual abuse and for me, obviously really bad event. Um, but there's still good things around, like people aren't inherently good or bad. I am a firm believer of that. So even though that in the event itself was bad, the person itself was not bad. Their action was bad. Yeah. Yeah. I can get that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of can see good that came from, even though that event was like terrible, there's a like good surrounding it um and not necessarily i don't know if i would go so far as to say the event itself um yeah because that's obviously not a good event but and like yeah. different things like i would never tell someone if they lost a family member to cancer it's not like oh it's good that you lost that family like yeah. no like that's not what i'm saying but like um uh going to kind of yeah so like from my example that would be there was good um, in the relationship with the individual that did that, even though that there was bad in that relationship as well. Okay. And kind of the cancer scenario, well, that individual had cancer, there might be good moments in there um, because you get more bonding or like, it, it's not like, and I, so the event itself, I guess, of them having cancer is in no way good. Like nobody's yeah. going to be like, yeah. But yeah. it's not just the growth that comes later. Like even in that event, there can be good in that moment. There can be um, a different kind of bonding that happens. There can be um, different opportunity. Um, like it's different than someone that say loses someone in a car crash. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't have the same opportunity as someone who knows that their loved one is dying from cancer. You get to have those last moments yeah. um, in some ways they're hard and in some ways they kind of bring some good with them as well. Like everything's kind of good and bad, not just one or the other. Right. Yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. Cause I, I yeah. see it as like, even with that example is like the elements of good are still in that situation. In the sense, like if you had someone pass from cancer, well in that time you have so much love for this person to feel this mourning where mm -hmm. they're gone. And that existed at the time as well as of course after, but without that good thing, you know, you wouldn't experience that bad thing either um yeah so yeah no that that definitely makes sense and yeah because there, there is uh, different like you said different ways of looking at or different elements about the thing itself not to say the event itself is good but there's mm -hmm. things surrounding that event and inherent to that event that without like then they're good things in themselves you know by speaking yeah but they're, they're positive sort of things that without them you know yeah, like they're, they're just there with it, I suppose, as well. It's the best way to put it. Yeah, because like a lot of clients in coaching will kind of look at it like, 
oh, well, I know this is going to lead to good later on. But when you can actually look in the circumstance and see the good in the moment to you rather than like, oh, this is going to lead to my growth later on. It's going to lead to greater compassion or like the things that it's going to lead to down the road. And it's not to say that it won't lead to those things, but there's also, that's not the only good. It's not like when you're living in a traumatic event, it's really easy to say everything's bad right now, mm. but that's not true. And when you get into the mindset that you think that's true, like that's a problem. Like there are still things to be grateful for at the time. Yeah. Um, even though like, the event itself of someone having cancer or whatnot might not be a good thing. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, no, having for that sure. gratitude. Yeah. And I think the ultimate thing about it all is that we all have this ability to perceive it. You know, we have the ability mm-hmm. to experience it. We're, we're in this thing called life and no one knows what it truly is, but the fact that we're here and we can experience those things in themselves Yes, they're, they're, they're negative for certain reasons, you know, like uh, pain and, and um, suffering and all this sort of stuff. But the ability that we can experience that even in itself is a pretty magnificent thing when you think about it, you know. We're not just a rock that just fucking sits there and has no consciousness. Yes, it has some sort of energy to it, but not the consciousness that we have in the sense that like we can not just experience the event, but then like think about it later on and we can perceive different things of it and we can think how we thought about it then and how we think about it now and all these different you know trails that we can go off on that in itself mm-hmm. i think no matter what the stimulus is such a, a blessing and a gift and people take it mm-hmm. for granted people take yeah, it for granted yeah. what people don't think about too is that the experiences that you have play off of each other too right so they're like oh well like tons of people have been through divorce or losing a child to cancer, like different things like that. But if you've gone through like the order that you progress and see in like going through those things is unique to you. It's going to change your experience with them. It's going to change how you can impact people. It's going to change what the benefits yeah. are. Yeah. Um, Cause I think people are like, sometimes we want to play off kind of our hardship has like, Oh, well people have ex- experiences so I shouldn't feel as bad about it as I do or like that kind of mindset where it's like well no because people haven't experienced it the way you're experiencing it like everything is so unique to you as an individual and your consciousness and like what you've been through and how you've gotten to where you are yeah nah for sure hey I actually reminds me I struggled for it was at least a good couple of months where I had this epiphany of being this spiritual person now and it's all the beauty and everything. And my mindset then became, okay, everything's positive. You know, there's no such thing as a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. just the way you're looking at it. There's nothing bad. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's fanciful to think like that, but it's not true because bad things do generally happen. And it's, mm-hmm. and is, it is our own interpretation of the events that makes them bad. Um, you know, one man's trash, another man's treasure sort of thing. But mm-hmm. we've still got to rely on that interpretation and rather than, you know, either suppressing it or, or, or trying to, to make it feel better, it's more about going, okay, no, I didn't enjoy that, you know, owning that and then either exploring why if you don't know why you didn't enjoy it or, you know, tying it back to a value or a boundary and saying, well, you know, I've, I've got this installed in me. I've made that decision that these are my values and boundaries. That's why I don't like it. I'm going to stick stick by them. Have you got someone that you got to... No, there's, 
<laughs> no, there, we have like these giant beetles right now that are outside and it's trying to get in through the screen. How but, big are they? <laughs> they they're beetles. like, I don't even know what they are, but one came in through the window in the bathroom last night and I had to like, I didn't have to, but I crushed it because I was like a little bit afraid. <laughs> Just bang. <laughs> <laughs> but Taking but yeah, and it like, it like crumbled and the inside of it was, it was gross, but Oh no, yeah. poor Beetle. So I'm just nervous another one's going to come mates back for revenge, yeah. <laughs> They've been talking overnight. They heard what happened. They want revenge. <laughs> yeah, no, there is, there, it, yeah. it's, it's hard to see the beauty in everything. Um, mm -hmm. But we share that similar mindset, which is one of the real big reasons I wanted to get you on today and why I know that I'm going to have you as a returning guest until, yeah. I don't know, I end up in the ground, you know, because we have that, that ex we, we can, we both have that expression. We both have that positive outlook, but we're not afraid to call a spade a spade and, and own the bad as well, which for me is something that's, it's taken a lot and I've only just come into that role. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's definitely, it's been a healthy thing for me. Um, and I'm sure for, for yourself as well, you know, you weren't always of the mindset of like, there's good in the negative, you know? So it just goes to show that people can grow just because, you know, someone's how they are today and, and they're fucked the world and this is shit, you know, it takes a day to change. So that person could have something and experience something um, that leads them to this mindset, you know? Um, and I think a big part of that as well is the fact that we have this mindset so we can pass that on to others through our mm -hmm. actions and, and, you know how we interact with our environment as well yeah really really amazing thing yeah and it's one thing to like tell someone oh you can see the good and everything it's another thing to actually role model it for them so that they that's start it. to see like it's actually possible and that's it and, yeah you've got to live it yourself yeah. hey for for people mm -hmm. to take it on board and it's most of the time when people will actually take note of what you're doing is when you're not just telling them it's more mm -hmm. so when they see you constantly yeah doing doing this thing and, and living by what you say and they go oh wow you know look at look at Jaden or look at Kaylin they're they're loving life what are they doing differently or they have mm -hmm. this outlook on life I wonder if that's possible for me and they might ask you or they might try to adapt certain mannerisms or whatever way they want to go about it um but yeah we're all on our own journey aren't we you know we've all got to bloom yeah. at a certain point and Thankfully, we, we well, have to a certain extent, you know, but there's still always I, more growing, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think blooming is a one-time thing. And I think that's where people get it wrong a lot is that they want to get to that, that moment where there's the flower and full bloom. But I think if you look at even nature, the nature of flowers is every spring they pop back up and then fall, they, the petals fall, right? And I think that kind of happens in our own lives as well. We're always blooming for a season and then you know, it, it gets harder and it's, it's the up and downs and it's not so much even that it gets harder, but there's just the season of retreat, I guess is what I would yeah. call winters kind of. Um, yeah. So it's not always your time to shine and different plants shine at different times of the season. So if That's you're it. always blooming, you know, what are you leaving for those around you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And to say like you, you might excel in some sort of area in your life, but it's still like, that's not, game over then you know you've got all these different facets that are connected um and i think a really good thing that you point out as well is like you can't have one without the other either you know like there's mm. there's there's no birth without death there's no positive without negative there's no light without darkness you know yeah. 
Um, and it's something that I think we're all meant to realize and experience in this life is that polarization of, well, you know, mm-hmm. you need that yin to have the yang or the yang to have the yin, whichever is which. But yeah, you know, like, it, <laughs> yeah, they, ha- they have to um, have each other to exist. Um, and yeah, that the age old saying, like, you can't enjoy something until you like, you know, or whatever, whatever it is, like, you don't know you've loved something till it's gone or something like that. I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if I agree with that saying. Yeah. Okay. I I mean, that's pretty harsh to anyone who's just had like, I I don't know, like you see some really good marriages that have never had like fallouts or whatnot. And that's like, I don't know. Uh, Maybe I I like to think that there's some sort of like maybe experience that either one of them have had either together or in like when they weren't together that have brought them to learn that you can love without losing. Cause I, I, I get where you're coming from. Like you don't, I, 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 I don't feel like you have to keep losing different shit to appreciate it. It's not like I don't love my phone until I lose it. Well, it's <laughs> a shit example, but like I, I've still got my mom here. Think fuck. I don't have to lose her to know that I love her, but I think mm-hmm. I've learned that lesson in some other facet before, probably early on in my life where I've took something for granted and it's gone in its own capacity. And I've realized, Oh, like I, I didn't appreciate it while I had it. Um, and life itself, you know, we've, we've got it now. Um, and it's not forever. So if you don't appreciate it, while well, you got it. Yeah. It's fucking, it can slip through your hands, but, mm-hmm. but I get where you're coming from as well. It's not yeah. like I have to lose everything in my life to, to gain this appreciation of it for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Or like, especially like you get teenagers who use that saying and you see it like on Facebook or whatnot. And it's like, Oh, well, you know, we're going to get back together because like it needed to happen. The universe yeah. needed it so that we yeah. can appreciate each other. Or like all this <laughs> crap stuff. Anxious, that's just not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That takes me back. It takes me back. I was going to ask you, can you notice a mark on my head? I had a, like a, I had to do a Harry Potter skit today. I've got like the little, okay. Lightning bolt. If you've been wondering, I, I tried to scrub it off and it's still a little bit there. So I'm like, ah, we'll just yeah, I did on. notice it earlier, but I wasn't like, didn't want to, yeah. didn't want to call it out. You should have, please. I've, <laughs> I have very thick skin, please. That's well, good. I, yeah, could've I didn't know if it was like, could have been a sensitive spot. You're right. I don't, yeah, I it could have been like a birthmark or like maybe it was a tattoo that you tried to remove. <laughs> <laughs> Forehead tattoo, and I just end the call, just being like, "Oh, can't believe you called me out." I just wear a beanie for the rest of the oh, put, put me hood on. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I've got very thick skin, but um, now nah, we'll probably we will wrap it up there eh? because I'll, obviously I'll talk to you after this anyway. But um, mm-hmm. I think for for the length of the podcast, it's been really good. Um, so thanks for coming on, Caitlin. Well, thanks for number having 11. me. I appreciate it. It's a master number, and we are master builders, you and I. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get you on very, very soon again, I'm sure. Sounds good. Beautiful.